Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, a.k.a. KD. And today we're going to talk about what type of sale are we really in? Because when you break down selling, you hear terms like B to B, right? Business to business. You hear B to C, which is, you know, business to consumer. You hear D to C, direct to consumer. B to B to C, which is business to business to consumer. But what we always forget about is at the end of the day, it is always B to P, right? You are selling to people no matter what. Google does not exist. Facebook does not exist. They do not buy things. People buy things. And so often the advice is given, you know, people like to buy from people, but tactics are never given. And that is why I'm so excited to have Ellie Twigger with me on the show today, who's a former SDR, now account director at SalesLoft, on how to actually bring the human element in, how to actually engage with people that make them want to engage with you. So this is going to be fun. It's a topic near and dear to my heart. Ellie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hell yes. The moment I got the intro and the top of my gap, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. So be good. let's talk about this a little bit because I want to try to get tactical here because like, you know, selling to people is one of those, you know, like phrases that get said on LinkedIn and books all the time. Just like, just be yourself, be a person. But then people don't know what to do with it, right? So let's talk about this a little bit of like, when I asked you about the topic and you said, you know, the human element and being authentic, like, what does that mean to you? I think it is literally being yourself. I know that it's quite, it's, it's quite blunt to say, but I think I've done it in the past and I see a lot of salespeople um, unfortunately do it where they try and be somebody that they're not. They um, try, you know, put on a fake voice. They try and do a process that doesn't really fit with them. 
I used to do that. I used to pop on a posh voice. Didn't work for me. Um, but at the end of the day, you 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 need to be yourself because it is so tiring trying to be somebody else. Um, and I always think of it as a you know a bird trapped in its cage, like wanting to you know flap its wings and and just let loose. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be that that um, that person in the cage. But also, I also think the whole reason why I am totally myself with all my clients and even when I was an SDR I'd be completely myself with prospects is because straight away you're able to earn their trust Mm -hmm. and trust is so crucial um when you're building relationships and inevitably wanting them to buy from you oh man there's so much we can unpack here because so true so let's talk about this stuff right how do you know who you are now we're going deep Right. But this is a place because I agree. I see it all the time. Sales reps are not being themselves. Mm-hmm. But then if you tell them, hey, just be yourself, it's almost like they don't know who they are. So it's like, how did you find that voice? How did you say, like, you know, this is this is me and that's who I'm going to bring into my role? Yeah. So I actually did an exercise um, and I've done it with a couple of, um, of colleagues and, and people that I've mentored in the past where you write a list of kind of things that you believe in and things that represent you. So kind of like one of those spider diagrams. And if when I did my list, it was, you know, um, bubbly and pink was on there because I love the color pink, um, dogs, um, walking, smiling, being that, but also being kind of informative um, and honest. And then I kind of went to all of my colleagues, colleagues, peers in the industry, friends, family, and asked them to write a similar list, what they would say about me. And what I found was my friends and family had very similar ideas, but my peers and my colleagues didn't because it turned out I wasn't being my true self. So what I really needed was to kind of strip back and get those lists to match. So what I thought represented me matched with what also my colleagues and my peers saw as well. I love that. Was there a specific exercise? Like, was there a name to it? Like a resource you could guide people to, or just kind of like. I literally just, it was just an exercise I did myself. Um, And I just kind of popped it on a piece of paper. And I had this whole thought in my head about being, um, because we do have different, you know, not styles. What's the word? Like faces that we put Mm -hmm. on for different circumstances And I was saying, oh, I've got my work face. I've got my friend face. I've got my, um," I used to think of it as a potato head, you know, in (laughs) Toy Story where you've got that potato head and you'd put on different faces. I think it's understanding what is your potato head? What what do you have inside you that you can bring out when you're speaking to your uh, prospects and your customers, but also colleagues and peers? Mm -hmm. So what you want is that list to be your potato head. I mean, if I have got my potato head, I'd be wearing glitter. I'd be probably dressed as a unicorn. I'd be, it'd be fluffy, um, probably be like bouncing like Tigger. So, and that's what I now want to come across to my customers so that when I'm speaking to them, they know, okay, we're speaking to Ellie. We're not speaking to somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is so important. And I, I love where this conversation is starting to go because it is like, how do you actually find your voice? Because yeah. I find somewhere in my office right now, I actually have a hat that says, sales hat right i can't even find it right now but i use it the opposite way most people think i would it's like i try to tell them like take your sales hat off for a second Mm. 
It's like when we put on that salesperson persona and we talk different, we say things we would never say in real life, you know, words like currently and great question. We would never <laughs> I love that. in real life, right? But as a salesperson, we do. And so I love this exercise of defining it, but also like, I hope y'all caught this just in terms of her ability to be self-aware, right? Your colleagues thought of you one way, your family thought of another, and then making sure that that like actually was representative, I think is so, so important here. So let's go another layer, right? So, okay. Bubbly pink glitter unicorn. Yeah, that is, that is, that sums me up to an absolute T. I'm paying attention. I'm taking notes. <laughs> How do you use that in sales though? And because interestingly enough, I actually had a call last week with, with a client and one of the SDRs, you know, we were talking about using video, which we're going to get into yeah. a little bit, you know, she said, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm 23. I have a young face. Like, is that, are they going to see that and, you know, immediately not respect me or see that yeah. and immediately like, you know, dismiss my, my skill and credibility here. So like, how do you bring that, that bubbly glitter unicorn into the sales process? No, I think that's completely fair. And we, the last two years have really helped with this as well, because and this is help. This is not just for like SDRs. This is everyone in the world. We all started working from home, so straight away you're already you haven't got that sales hat anymore that you'd normally have on. That's stripped down already. So that that helped the whole kind of situation. Um, I think how as well. Um, so the the uh, SDR that you just spoke about. Don't worry about what you look like. Don't worry about what you sound like. Just make sure that what you're saying to them is relevant and you're teaching them something and you're 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 delivering value. I think the worst thing is what would you rather somebody who, yes, may be young, may um, not look as credible or somebody who's older, who is looks credible, but he or she is saying something that's completely relevant, unrelevant Mm. to the conversation. It's all about how you deliver it and what you deliver rather than focusing on how you look or um, or what you sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I always do, is like, like you mentioned, I'm a massive advocate of video um, because in my opinion, people do buy from humans. But also this whole pandemic has made us realize that um, we, we, we don't know where anyone is. They could be the office, they could be at home, they could be... Um, on zoom they could be on anywhere when everyone was going for a really hard time the one thing that people everyone said oh we have zoom fatigue but i actually think people were craving human interactions mm-hmm. so i thought what better way than interact with people than by sending even if it was a pre-demo post-demo you know catch up just a video with me being like hey my name's ellie want to put a face to a name so straight away, when they think of Ellie, they think of my face. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I was really pushing um, as well, just in terms of like the credibility with the way you look. I used to only at a previous company only wear navy, black and brown, because that was what I was encouraged to do, mm-hmm. because that is corporate world. Now, I probably wear pink and I'm wearing my, my sweater today, but I wear pink nearly every day because that is what I feel most comfortable in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love I love this because it's so true. And I got to do a quick shout out because as you're talking about, I got to give a shout out to Marcy Montoya, one of my former reps at Patient Pop. She had this like pink top, right? That like had these big like puffy shoulders on them. And like when she rocked that, we knew it was closing day. 
Like yeah. that was that was her thing, right? When the when the sleeves came out, or like Marcy's closing today, you <laughs> know, it, and it was it was bright, it was pink, it was there, but like that's where she felt most comfortable, and like, I think that's mm. so important to think about. And so, because actually, as you're talking, I, I I've never thought about it this way, but like we talk about personalization a lot in you know sales. And how like personalization should be the person that you're targeting. And if they could read it and someone else can read it, that wasn't personalized. As you're talking, what it made me think in my head is like the same could be said for if I read your email and read another sales rep's email and they sounded the same, Mm -hmm. you're not personalizing. Like you're not bringing your person into the email, right? You're not bringing the glitter unicorn. So like, so outside of like wearing pink, like how else did that show up in your messaging like like how did you really i guess start to exude that personality through video which again we're going to go deeper in actual tactics but like throughout the sales process because it's not just video i think it's more just kind of using um i was always very inquisitive so i wasn't i was the i think there's like two types of sales reps there's that one sales rep that's really pushing and kind of saying are you free on x day to x time and are you going to be talk about this and we're going to do this i was much more inquisitive and i generally am inquisitive like my favorite thing to do is get on a call with someone and have a really deep conversation about their sales process how the sdrs are working that's the whole reason why i became an account manager rather than an account executive but i think just in the email being kind of talking about you know, the information that you found, the pain that they could be experiencing, and then just saying, happy to talk about this in more detail or um, open to learning more. So it's much more um, kind of happy connotations rather than do you have 20 minutes next Thursday to talk about X, Y, Z. So you're kind of inviting them to have that conversation. The other thing I do is I always, my discovery calls, I wouldn't say discovery call with Salesloft. I'll just say coffee in a chat. Yes. So that 20 minute call, it's not a case of I have to get you on a demo or we have to have that next next steps. It's more let's have a coffee. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Let's hop on Zoom and have a chat about how you're currently working. And I can maybe offer some tips and tricks. And if relevant, I'll talk about Salesloft. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a great way to approach it. I talked about this a lot with my team and the companies I work with now. It's like, if it was as easy as sending a templated email asking for time, I wouldn't need salespeople. Yeah, like if, exactly. it were, if it were that easy, if I could just send out a templated email asking for 20, I wouldn't need salespeople. We just load up all the emails and book all the demos. And so I think that's such a better way to do it. Because also the call out on discovery calls. I love this because- Discovery calls are what we talk about. No prospect has ever been like, you know what? Let's set up a discovery call so you can get to know me better. Like they don't talk that way, but we do. And so I love the the coffee and chat or just like the connection. Let's have a combo. And I want to call it one other thing you said real quick for people listening. I want you to hear what she said, where we'll talk, we'll learn. I'll share some tips and tricks. And if it makes sense, I'll talk about sales law. I love that approach because that way the conversation itself is valuable. They leave with some ideas that they didn't have before. And if you get to the product, great. But on that first one, it's just that connection. So like, how did you run those? Let's go down that path a little bit, right? So, okay, you get someone to like this coffee and chat. 
how did you run those that it didn't just immediately turn into like, you know, an old school discovery call that then, you know, like they're getting grilled. So like, what, how did you approach that call where it was actually valuable to the person attending? No, absolutely. So I think I agree with you. I hate it when you kind of get on a call and you can tell that the SCR has been given a list of questions and it's just tick boxes, mm-hmm. like, you know, the traditional band, what's their budget? Do you have budget? Are you, are you um, is the timing right? And then you just hop off the call. That is not, that's a waste of their time. Mm-hmm. especially when it's outbound as well you kind of just invited them onto a call um and you're just going to go right boom 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 oh you're going to go and speak to an AE that's just it's a waste of their time so something that I would do is I'd kind of introduce myself um talk a little bit about why I'm really passionate about sales development um and then ask them to kind of talk a little bit about their team what they're happy with what they're not but we do this thing um is we actually taught we got taught it internally here at Salesloft. it's the five whys so yes. we'd ask one question and then we'd delve um delve deeper in it so for example um I can see in your background I'm like oh so what's there a statue of behind you it's that, um it's a buffalo oh does that represent something it, it does so the buffalo is actually it's my favorite animal so i got my statue behind me i've got a big old picture and it actually even made it onto a decanter that my team gifted me there's a buffalo amazing. on the decanter so it's my favorite animal because they run into storms and i've yeah, always I loved know. that mindset i love that have you ever seen a buffalo um in the zoo never never yeah. in the wild i need to go i need to go find one. Oh. So um, which zoo have you been to for you to oh, see geez. this this buffalo? Right. I mean, geez, I mean, you know, the, it was San Diego Zoo, L.A. Zoo, right, the Milwaukee Zoo. So I've, I've seen them like they're on Catalina Island in out by L.A. I just never saw one in the wild out there. Sounds like you're a massive animal fan. I, I am. I, I, I believe I am. Yeah. Can you see how I just did that? Just from that whole the one thing I've seen. And then you just ask question, 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 but it's much more inquisitive rather than what is that? Or, you know, um, mm-hmm. do you have time? Or, you know, do you know what I mean? It's just much more soft, softer approach. Yeah. And if we had kept going, something I bet you would have done, which is also key, is connected the dots, right? All right. So you mentioned the buffalo runs into storms. What storms are you facing right now? Yeah, turn, absolutely. Right. Because that's where sometimes people miss with like the, you know, like the rapport building part, right? Is they never connect the dots. It's just like, oh, I I see you have a pink chair. Yeah. Do you like pink? I too like pink. It's so the it, relevance yeah, of it. Budget, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's I like it's tying it back to them. And we do have that unique opportunity of like using video. And also too, just real quick sales reps, turn your video on. I'm actually still <laughs> shocked at how many reps on like these Zoom calls don't turn their video on. I didn't even think that was a thing anymore. And it's still like 30 some, 40 some percent of reps don't use video to their advantage, which just blows my mind. So in the trenches there. So now let's flip this and keep going, okay? So we've been hinting at video and bringing this up. Let's talk about the different places that you used video. Actually, no, I'm gonna take one step back. Why video? Let's start there. So there's still, people need convincing. It's like everyone seems to know about video, especially around prospecting. I got maybe, maybe two videos a month as a VP of sales at a software company. That's it, two a month? Two a month, maybe, in a good month. Like maybe, 
And that's me. I talk about video. Like I promote this stuff, right? So why do you think video is so important to use in the prospecting side? I think just similar to what I said earlier, it's we've reached this new level. And, you know, in the um, there's a book called um, The Challenger Sale. Mm-hmm. And it talks all a bit about, you know, like obviously how like people buy from people. I think it's now humans buy from humans. And what better way to show you're a human than by sending a sending a a, um, a video of yourself smiling saying hey I'm genuinely want to have a conversation with you for x y z feel free to pop some time in my calendar and I think something we did here at sales loft when I started off as an SDR obviously with the cadences you can see the analytics and reporting and we actually had video as our fifth step we then were booking all our meetings on that step so we moved it to our first step mm-hmm. What I'd then start to do is hit them up on LinkedIn. Hey, I've actually just dropped you a um, a video to your email. The subject line is this. Go check it out. Give them a call. What did you think of the video? Oh, my God, you haven't got it. Let me send it again. And what I'd do is I'd ask them their favorite color, so green, and then whatever day it was. So I'd say, oh, I'm going to send it now. It's um, Green Wednesday. And then that is the subject line. So you know that it stands out in their inbox. Because that's the whole thing about kind of prospecting with SDRs. The main thing you need to think of is how can I be unforgettable? Mm-hmm. And video is an amazing way to be unforgettable. I love it. And oh, that is, I, that's gold. You get them on the phone. What's your favorite color? I'll send it again. Oh, see, oh man, this is great. This shit we can unpack here because y'all, <laughs> I want you to listen to what she's talking about. She sent someone a video. She got them on the phone. They hadn't watched it yet. Do you hear how she didn't still push for the meeting? Did y'all catch that? It was a, hey, I'll re-record it. I'll resend it. And it's still driving to the video. And I think that's such, like, it's so important. I want, I want to call that out because a lot of people, including leaders, would preach the opposite. Oh, you got them on the phone and they didn't watch the video? Better try to book the meeting. Go for the close, go for the close. I love the approach of like, hey, okay, I'll send it again. And that that's, I wrote that down. That's clever. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, cause that, you know, everyone loves to talk about pattern breaks in sales. That's a pattern break. I've never been asked what my favorite color is, <laughs> you know, like on a prospecting call. And so, so let's keep going here. This is amazing. So like, what are things, so there's that one type of video, just the, hey, you know, it's Ellie, you know, it's hoping to have a conversation. What are some other types of videos you'd send out to try to book meetings or that fifth step, right? Like what was that video that got moved up that seemed to work so well? So the other thing I'd do is on LinkedIn. So the moment that I connect with a prospect on LinkedIn, no matter what I I was doing, I'd kind of like just stop and say, you've just accepted my um, connection request. So excited. Um, I wouldn't kind of push on LinkedIn, but I'll just say that I know I've been trying to get in touch with you for this reason. But anyway, I'm really excited to be following your content. So again, it's just one, you know, message again to show your face. The other thing I'd also do is I'd always say, this is Ellie Twigger from Sales Loft. Because the other thing to think of is, and this is when I'm on a voicemail, obviously on, when you send an email, they'd see Ellie Twigger. Think about how many SDRs out there might be called Ellie or, you know, more generic names like Matt or Ben. I'd, Twigger is quite an um, unusual surname. So I'd always try and get that in. 
And I think that customers, well, no, not, not customers, actually humans, they learn through osmosis. The more they see something, the more they hear something, the more receptive they are, there's going to be. So I created this theory, it's called the um, hexagon theory, where I'd make sure that I'd include seven, seven um, sides to really light them up. So that was call, video, LinkedIn, direct mail, content sharing, and email. And I'd just repetitively do that. I know I've gone off track and I'm meant to be talking about video, but um, no, 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 this uh, is gold. This is gold. Do not stop. You keep going. Right? You keep going. Um, so, yeah, I'd always try and each of those points, I'd always say Ellie Twigger from Sales Loft. Um, I'm trying to teach something. And whether it was a phone, email, LinkedIn, step, um, and whatnot. But as wow. well, I think, oh, no, you go. <laughs> oh, no, keep going. I, it's your show, girl. I'm letting you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm writing my questions down. It's all good. I love that. Um, so uh, so absolutely, LinkedIn is a great way. And I think um, if people aren't using Vidyard, get on Vidyard. There is a free integration, integrates with SalesLoft, integrates with LinkedIn. And that was game changer for me because you could make that video, you could send it to them um, and see when, you know, I don't know if, if everyone can see this or it has to be paid for but you can see like when they've clicked on it when they've watched it how long they've clicked on it and sometimes I'd be like hey I saw you watch 10% of my video like what was I doing wrong yeah like were you just laughing at my acting or or um or I'd say oh I mean this is a bit <laughs> current for last night but I know I didn't get an Oscar um but I'd love to just have a have a chat about xyz yeah, no, I, I love it. We taught a lot of the same things where it's like, because that was, especially for some of my AEs, right? You cord like this perfect vidyard and then you send it out and they watch like five seconds of it. And they'd be like, oh, and I was like, make fun of yourself. Shoot yeah. them. I was like, what did I do? Did I have broccoli in my teeth, right? Could you not stand <laughs> my accent? Like you can lean into it because of that, again, that human element in this. If they watched it, great. If they didn't, be a human in that situation yeah. and, go, and go through it. We actually had one when I was SDR. I it was the second week of lockdown, so this was about two years ago now. And I had my dog jumping all over me. My washing machine was on, and I just was on the video. And I just went, "Look, I'm just going to stop. I'm working from home. I know you are too." And then I kind of like just carried on. And I think when we got on the call, the guy just really laughed, and he said, "Like you just epitomized everything that's going on in the world right now." um so I think as well that whole kind of like just being your complete and utter self I know that there's a I've posted a video on LinkedIn about my bloopers video mm -hmm. where I'm just constantly you know going oh or having to start again or some um swear words in there as well that are bleeped out but the amount of people that message me being like I I've stopped doing video because of this but you've just encouraged me to carry on going and that's the thing. If I kind of am doing a video and I'm going, oh, no, I'll just carry on and I'll just laugh about it and then get to the point. Yeah. It, we uh, The phrase we used internally was end it and send it. Yeah, I love it. Don't waste end your it, time. End it and send it. Like you don't get three takes at this. End it no. and send it. If you messed up, call it out. If you stuttered over yourself, call it out, but end it and send it because otherwise you do. You overthink it. You record it five, six times. And it's like, look, what you were worried about, they probably didn't even notice. And if it yes. was a big thing, like your dog or like your kid walks in, call it out. Like, oh, yeah. you, 
even Louisa wants you to take a meeting. Sorry about that. Yeah. Like, and so I love I love that because it is coming all around the human. Now you mentioned something. I, I wrote this down. You said, you know, I just want to teach you something. I really like. I just want to teach you something. Mm. How did you find out, or how did you learn? Like, what would be valuable to the prospect, right? Because that's a that's a you know this is gonna sound serious. You know what I mean? Like that's a bold claim. Like I'm gonna teach you something. Right. But like, walk me through, I guess, how you got to understand your prospects well enough. So you could say things like that. I think all salespeople, they're either going to make their customers gold or put out fires. So what you need to work out is what is it that your company can do for them and then kind of offer insights around that. So, for example, here at Sales Loft, um, something that we focus on is you know SDR teams prospecting in general um so what I would do is kind of reach out to them being like hey I'd love to offer to talk about your SDR team and understand how you're prospecting and talk a little bit about how we do it and then I'm not necessarily utilizing pushing sales off down their throat mm-hmm. I start to understand are you following up are you utilizing a cadence are you understanding analytics so you know what works what doesn't so you I then push that and then from there, I say, actually, it sounds like you could you like benefit from a tool like SalesLoft. Or if it sounds like they, they don't, I'd leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the whole idea about teaching somebody something. But if your company, the per- persona you sell to also understand your current customers, what are you working if you're an SDR, go and speak to account managers or CSMs and say, what are the main things that they're focusing on? And then start to bring that into your conversation. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you're going to bring this part up because of your career trajectory, right? Yeah. So, you know, SDR, you know, senior SDR enterprise, and then you get into account management, right? So you didn't go the normal path. You didn't go no. normal path. So I've got two questions for you here. One, how did we lose you? Like, how did we lose you? How did, how did sales not keep you? But the second question is, what are things you've learned as an account manager that you think would have helped you as an SDR? Like, how, like what are the things that, like, now that you're in that role, like, oh, if I had known this as an SDR, I could have booked more meetings. Like, what are some of those takeaways or learnings? I think, so firstly, I... I still see myself as in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, cause I do renewals, I do um, upsells, but I think it's, it's a very different type of sell because you've already got that relationship. The main reason why I went into an account management role is because I always saw myself as an account executive, but I generally think sales loft is one of the best platforms out there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, like the fact that I'd be working with a customer and then I'd pass them over and I didn't get to witness their success and honestly now there is no better feeling than when you get on a business review with a customer and you start to see that they've been utilizing the tool for a year six months and they see the success that from the product that they brought from you that is such a great feeling and then you can work with them on strategy um help with them all those things I was you know those little uh tips and tricks I was talking about I'm now bringing that into practice with my customers so that's the reason why I went into this role mm-hmm. um then what I've learned now that I would have brought into being an SDR I think it is the consistency and the so many SDRs they prospect someone and then the moment that they say no they give up and it's very similar with with myself I've got customers that sometimes just don't want to speak to me but they have to 
because I'm their account manager and I'm pushing and pushing and pushing because I want them to see that value. And I think with SDR, don't, if somebody says no, not the right time or whatnot, that's when you can add them into say a nurture cadence. So you're drip feeding them information um, throughout the year or, or however long it is. But yeah, you grab their attention once. So why lose it and then just take them out your cadence and never speak to them again? Yeah, no, I think that's that's big because also too, and I want to dig on this a little bit more, like on the customer side, right? SDRs never talk to customers. No. SDRs talk to prospects, mm. right? And even those are very short interactions, right? So what's something you've learned about the customer that you wish you had known when you were an SDR? Firstly, that they're humans. I used, yeah, I used to really stress about, oh my gosh, I'm sending a video to a CEO. And at the end of the day, you've got to think, do they go to, on the, to the toilet? Do they go to sleep? Do they eat? You do all those things too. Don't put them on a pedestal. And this is this whole base, this thing about the credibility piece that we spoke about at the beginning. You are still credible because at the end of the day, we're a human. Um, so I, there's been great times when I've gone on a call with a customer and um, I've had it actually in the past, um, not this company, but previous company where because I was female and very young and especially my voice, they'd judge me straight away. But then straight away, I'll come out with a piece of information. And they're like, whoa, OK, I wasn't expecting that. So to not put that person on a pedestal really helps with your own confidence. And again, bring in your own potato head out that we were talking about at the beginning um and being able to be yourself yeah i i love that and i was you know i was curious where you're going to go with it because it can be like oh like you know you can learn their pain points better you can learn how they use it better and all that's fine but it's like sdrs i'm, I'm telling you right now the people that you are afraid of i'm letting you know they don't have it nearly figured out as you think they do no all right no like, no no Especially if your product solves a problem, they are dealing with that problem. And you yeah. know that because your company exists. If, the, if that problem wasn't an issue, your company wouldn't be around. And so it's like, they're, they're, they don't, they're not perfect. They, yes, they can be scary, but damn it, they're a human, right? They have fears and emotions, which is the last part I want to dive into on like videos, the emotion side. But y'all, they have problems. If you can mm. solve it. You owe it to them to stay in touch. You owe it to them to reach out because you have something that would make their life easier. Yeah, and that's why I always encourage people to kind of lead with that pain. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're doing a hypothesis, you can, you, it doesn't have to be, you know, a crazy hypothesis that you've spent an hour creating. All you need to do is find out one piece of information, what pain it is that they are experiencing, and then how your solution can help. Mm -hmm. That is all simply what your email, phone call, video, LinkedIn message needs to be. None of this. Hope you are well and had the most amazing weekend. My name is blah, blah, blah. Talk all about yourself. No. Mm -hmm. Talk about them. What is their pain and how can you help? Because what you'd probably find is the moment you get on a call with them, they're like, actually, I'm pulling my hair out over this and I really need some help. And that's where your solution comes in. Mm -hmm. The framework we used for the emails and for video, we called it K-Pick, right? Mm. Here's what I know. The problems you're probably dealing with, the impact of that problem, call to action. 
Yeah. That was the JPEG. Here's what I know. Problem, impact, call to action, right? Like, and you can record that quickly. You can write that quickly. I can say, Ellie, I know you're an account manager. I know that. <laughs> I know you are an account manager. And if you're like a lot of other account managers, you're probably dealing with keeping track of your books, knowing who's up for renewal, knowing who's at risk versus who could be sold to sooner. It's caused you to miss out revenue, maybe miss goals. Like we have a way to maybe solve that. Could we talk? Like that's a 30 second video. Like yeah. that's nothing. And it brings in this last point, which is the emotion. This is why I'm such a believer in video is like as human beings, we are very emotional. We justify with logic, right? Mm video lets you bring the emotion out, right? Like you can bring emotion out in video, right? Because they can hear you, they can see you, you can bring that energy, right? They can't get pink bubbly unicorn <laughs> from a four line email, but they can no. hear it via video, right? Going through this. And so I think it's that emotion part here. So now she said, well, man, we're almost already at time. I didn't even realize, okay, I got two final <laughs> questions. I was like, I could go on this shit all day. Like this is as much like people listening, I'm telling you, do this. No one actually does this. Like people talk about it, but they don't, they just don't do it. It just blows my mind. If I were an SDR today, if I got, if I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna be an SDR today, I would do all video. Quite oh, yeah. I would probably do 40 to 50 videos per day, every day. Mm. And that's, I had video only reps on my team. Like that's mm. how well this stuff works. People just mm. don't do it. So if, right. if you don't trust it, get, look at the analytics and AB test that stuff. And then you'll know, okay, it's, it works. Yeah. And quick, quick call out there for people. I just want people to understand this too. Generally speaking, video emails are not built for a response. They are built for a watch. You have to respond to the watch. Ellie mentioned this earlier too, and I don't know if y'all caught it. They watched, she called, she emailed. Like, yes, sometimes they watch and say, sure, I'll book. But like, you have to follow up to the watch, right? They're not like, when video first came out, call it like three, four years ago, the response rates were high on video. The response rates aren't as high mm. anymore, but the click-through rates are still really high. And then you go get the meeting because people do that. They'll record five videos, send them out, and get no responses. And then what do they say about video, Ali? Yeah, they're like, oh, it doesn't work for me. Doesn't work. It's like, but all of them got watched and you're just sitting back waiting. So y'all, you got to go take action. You actually have to chase down the people watching. So, all right, last question for you, Ellie, right? Because I asked everyone this question is the name of the podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. So I also have this really weird idea. Like if we took better care of ourselves, if we had more energy, if we brought the human element into this thing sales-wise, that the sales would improve. What would your live better advice be for people listening? I think get a dog. <laughs> no, um, I think it's more be be at one with nature mm -hmm. because something that I do now and it's I'm, I'm, I work from home. I go into the office, I think one or two days a week. But when I am at home, that hour that I used to spend commuting, I will um, take my dog for a walk and I'll just, you know, pop on a podcast or, you know, just really clear my head. And then whenever I'm feeling slightly stressed, this is going to sound really weird, but I take my shoes and um, socks off and I just go and put my feet in the, in the grass and ground myself. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, work is work. And it's not, it's, there's so much other things out there. There's so much you could be dealing with. 
the final thing that I always suggest people to do whenever they're feeling a little bit stressed or anxious, go and make a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea, have 10 minutes to yourself, and then the, the work's still going to be there, but at least you're, you're prioritising your own health um, and your own happiness. I love the grounding tip. A lot of science behind that too, by the way, y'all. A lot of science. It really it. works. Like, it really, really works. The electromagnetic fields, the frequencies of it, what it does for our blood pressure. I mean, there's so much science actually behind grounding, being barefoot in dirt, mud, grass with a little bit of sunlight and maybe a cup of tea. I mean, cup of tea as well. We could change the world, Ellie. Ellie, where <laughs> this was this was amazing. Where can people find you? Get more of what you're putting out. Reach out to you. Like where 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 can people get more Ellie in their lives? Um, on LinkedIn, probably. Um, that's that's the best place to find me. Hell. And if anyone wants to send me a video, um, I, I I love receiving videos, and I don't receive enough of them. I get prospected all the time, and I've not received a video. Um, so if anyone wants to send me a video, I, I really appreciate that. It is still one of the easiest ways to stand out, y'all. I cannot stress that enough. So Ellie, girl, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your insights. This was everything I wanted to be and more. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hell yeah.